everybody. Welcome to the Export. I'm Raven X, and alongside me, as always, is Biggie, aka Ethan Tay, aka somebody who I would love to know. Thursday night football last night, the Detroit Lions came out on top against the Kansas City Chiefs, 21 to 20. What are your takeaways from both the Lions side of things and the Chiefs side of things? I'm going to start with the Chiefs. The first takeaway is pay Chris Jones. Um, like the defense as a whole did did fairly well, but they gave up costly plays that I feel like were in situations where if you would have had Chris Jones, he would have made at least a play. Like them getting to get key runs up the middle. And like Jared Goff made the time he throws, and Chris Jones was there. He would have, I'm almost certain he would have made a play or two that could have swung the guy in their favor. <clears throat> also, Kadarius Tony, bro, everybody was looking at you like, oh, you might be wide receiver one for the Chiefs. You had a real first game of the season. Hopefully, you bounce back. From the Lions' standpoint, and I'm pretty sure we're going to talk about it like, oh, uh, later in the show, because me and you also talked about it off air. Them boys need some receivers. Like, I knew that I knew that it was bad. I didn't know it was that bad. Like, outside of Monroe St. Brown, like, nobody was getting separation. Um, and I think as the season progresses, they're going to have an interesting dynamic in the backfield with David Montgomery and Jamar Gates. Yeah. Um, I'll start off with the Browns. I mean, not Browns. The uh, Lions. I feel you on that. Um, we talked about wide receivers. Not much to really harp on. Um, but actually, I'm going to take things on the defensive side of the ball and just kind of looking at some of those rookies. Jack Campbell came up with some good plays, most notably that pass deflection. I think a couple plays later, Brian Branch had that pick six. I mean, those are two guys who I think really have a chance to be their best defensive players um, in the next few years, of course, alongside Aiden Hutchinson as well. And so I just think that, you know, at the time you're questioning what does Jack Campbell bring to the team? Why are you drafting a middle linebacker with the 18th overall pick? He showed some flashes as to why you do that. Same goes for um, Brian Branch. Kind of a shock that he failed to the second round because, I mean, he was just such a great player at Alabama. And we got to see him do those same things um, with Detroit. So I'm happy to see both of them kind of make some plays and then looking at the Chiefs to not beat the same horse, like you kind of talked about the defense and how we, I agree, I think that they do need to bring in Chris Jones because even though their pass rush did a solid job, the run defense was nowhere to be seen in the most crucial moments of the game, and you can't have that. Because statistically, they didn't have a bad game overall. They only allowed two touchdowns. People seem to forget that. I mean, the other touchdown that eventually won them the game was that pick six from Brian Brent. So I think that their defense is fine, but you got to have um, – Chris Jones back into the fold, and then obviously offensively, I was I'm not going to keep harping on not having Travis Kelsey, because that's obviously a big blow. Kadarius Tony, my brother, has been through enough, but I was just surprised at how, how the run game went. Like, I was expecting to see a little bit more from Isaiah Pacheco. Don't get me wrong, I'm always happy to see Clyde back there, happy he made the team, but I would have thought that they would have been a bit more reliant on the run game especially because looking at their wide receivers they didn't really have that guy 
And so I was kind of surprised they didn't run the ball more. But it'll be interesting to see how things shake out. I'm not going to bash the Chiefs, but like, oh, they're not going to make the playoffs or the Lions or they're going to win the Super Bowl. It's none of that right now. But it'll be interesting to see how things shake out. But uh, we got the rest of week one unfolding in the next few days. So obviously, as we do, we're going to make our game picks. We're also going to make our NFL award predictions. Um, before everything kicks off. And then with the NBA, we got a couple interesting, believable or buffoonery questions such as did LeBron James switching teams hurt his case for being the GOAT and whether or not rings become meaningless after you retire. But before we get to any of that, please should check out theexreport.net. I repeat theexreport.net for exclusive sports content written by yours truly fellow export writers. Pre-episodes of our lovely podcast and our YouTube channel entitled The X Report. So without further ado, let's go ahead and start things off the way we do during the football season uh, with our college football player spotlight. And what that is, for those of you who do not know, is we mentioned a college football player who is expected to be a 2024 draft pick um, and just kind of talk about them, their recent performances and teams that would be a good fit. And to kick things off, we're going to go with the projected first overall pick, Caleb Williams. Now, I picked him not just because, I mean, like I said, top quarterback of the class, but there were some interesting comments that came out earlier this week from his dad and mentioning that it's no guarantee that Williams is going to decide to declare for the NFL draft. He said, if it's not a good situation, the truth is he can come back to school. He almost be better off not being drafted than being drafted first. The way the system is constructed, you go to the worst possible situation, the worst possible team, the worst organization in the league. I can understand the logic behind this, but do you think comments like this hurt Caleb Williams more than it helps him? And also, do you really think he would bypass the opportunity to be the first overall pick in hopes of going to a different team? Um, I don't think this hurts him because, again, like when it comes down to sports, specifically like with football, talent overrules everything. So, like, let's say he goes out. And he has either another Heisman season or, a high, or close to a Heisman level season. Teams gonna draft him regardless of what his dad said. Um, so I don't think that's really gonna cost him. It might be more of a thing of like, you know, um, like PR might talk to him a little bit about stuff like that. But I don't think it'll really hurt him as far as him, as far as him like sitting out and leaving and not. Declaring for the draft, unfortunately, bro, if you do that, you're just gonna end up in the same situation next year. So why not? Why not go ahead, get your money now, get drafted, and focus on your NFL career? Because because the reality of it is, is when you're a guy that is as talented as him and being projected as a number one overall pick, you're never going to a good situation with that pick, like. In order to go to a good situation, you have to be a guy that probably will be taken by, like, a team later in the first round or a team in the second round is is making, like, a reach pick and trying to develop you. So, like, yeah, I don't don't think he should. I don't think he should, and I don't think he will. I think it's kind of stupid to take that risk. Because, like you mentioned, he's right now he's viewed as the top guy, quarterback of this class. And some people are even trying to put him in the same vein as uh, Patrick Mahomes, which I think is kind of silly, but it is what it is. But I just think that in looking at a player like Caleb Williams, 
you are talented. Everybody knows that you're talented, but what happens if you get hurt next year? What happens if next year you come out and that's going to be the first year USC's in the Big Ten and you're not running through everybody? What if you struggle against tougher competition? You go from being a potential first overall pick to maybe a late first round pick or maybe a day two pick or your draft stock is just going to continue to fall the more you struggle. So I just say strike while the iron is hot. Like you mentioned, no matter what year you go, there's always going to be a team that's struggling. They got the first overall pick for a reason. And so I just don't understand the point of delaying it. Like I understand you're making solid NIL money. That money dries up quick. At least with NFL money, you're making more money. It's definitely guaranteed, especially with being the first overall pick and it's more security. So I say just go pro. But all right, let's go ahead and move on some, to some league news. Looking at some retirements, starting things off is defensive lineman Carl Nassib. Uh, he made history as the first openly gay player in the NFL coming out a couple years ago. Um, he announced his retirement after seven seasons. Um, and more retirement news, former Vikings Pro Bowl tight end uh, Kyle Rudolph has announced his retirement after several seasons. And then linebacker Will Compton has also decided to hang up his cleats after spending 10 years in the league. Now, on the opposite side of that, there were quite a few players who got paid, starting off with the uh, Dallas Cowboys right tackle. Terrence Steele, who signed a five-year deal worth 86 mil uh, with 50 mil guaranteed. And then finally, the holdout in the Bay is officially over. After star defensive end and reigning defensive player of the year, Nick Bosa signed a five-year, $170 million contract extension with the San Francisco 49ers with 122.5 mil fully guaranteed. It makes him the highest paid defensive player in history. That's awesome that he got his money, but... The, it creates an interesting conversation around the 49ers in some contracts. For example, next year, kind of looking at some deals, they have three players, I'm sorry, four players slated to make 15 mil or more on their contracts with Debo Samuel, Trent Williams, Eric Armstead, Fred Warner, then uh, Brandon Ayuk is making 14 mil. George Kittle's making 13 mil. Chivarius Ward is making 12. Christian McCaffrey's making 11. And then, of course, you factor in Nick Bosa's contract. It's pretty safe to say that with all those mouths to feed, somebody's going to end up coming up a bit empty. So of the stars in uh, San Francisco, who do you think might end up being cut or traded to make room for cap space? Um, that's tough because they do have a lot, of, a lot of key guys. I might go with Trent. Just because he, even though he is still the best O-lineman in the game, he's older. Yeah. Uh, and, like, he's at, he's reaching that age where, like, he might be hitting retirement in a couple of years. So, it might might make sense to try to get, get rid of that contract when you can get something of value back before he calls it quits. Yeah, I feel that because he signed a six-year, $138 million deal. Um, a few years ago this year he's gonna be 35 and they could get out of it um after this season so maybe or maybe they'll get lucky and he'll just decide to retire and they won't have to pay him all that I think I would probably go if Trent Williams does decide to keep playing I think I would say Brandon Ayuk might end up coming on a short end of stick his rookie contract is coming into a uh coming to an end soon I believe they picked up his fifth year option so they're good for 2024 but after that, in 2025, he's slated to be a free agent. I mean, if you still have to worry about keeping Debo, Kittle, 
Uh, Brock Purdy's going to have a deal coming up soon if he continues to be their guy. I mean, it's a lot of mouths to feed, and I can see them potentially banking on being able to bring in another wide receiver, drafting somebody cheaper, as opposed to paying him as much money as he could potentially get on the open market. But another big contract extension came about yesterday night, and it comes out of the jungle. The Cincinnati Bengals have finally come to terms with an extension for quarterback Joe Burrow, signing him to a five-year, $275 million extension, which includes $219.01 million in fully guaranteed money. You and I both talked about it. We're kind of shocked that he didn't get more guaranteed money, but he is now, I believe, the second quarterback to get $200 million fully guaranteed. How do you think the Bengals handled this? Did they give him too much, too little, or just right? Um, seeing as how I feel like he didn't get as much guaranteed money as I thought he was going to get, I'm going to say just right. Because, I mean, again, when you think about it from the context of, like, the quarterback market, every deal that you make is going to look astronomical till the next guy has to get paid. Right. So, like, whenever the next guy's contract is up to tease, a player to the caliber of like a Joe Burrow or Josh Allen or Jalen Hurts or Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson, their contract is going to exceed that, which is then going to make the contract that Joe Burrow signed feel like a steal. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, of the contracts we've seen, like Justin Herbert got paid, Jalen Hurts, uh, Lamar just this offseason, everybody pretty much knew whatever these guys get, Joe is getting more. And I feel like he's earned it more than everybody else. I mean, he's, I think, the next highest in, uh, in guaranteed money, excluding, of course, that quarterback in Cleveland, is Lamar is getting 135 mil guaranteed fully. Joe is making a, almost 80 million more of that fully guaranteed. And I know Lamar won an MVP. Lamar is this, Lamar is that. I think Joe earned it more. I think Joe is absolutely deserving of it, and I think that because he's only going to get better, and now that they get this contract extension done, now they can work on getting deals done with T. Higgins, who's going to be a free agent soon. Uh, Jamar Chase is going to be eligible for an extension. So now that they get his contract off the books and they can move on, now they can go ahead and try to fill up the rest of the roster. So I think it was a great move for both sides, and it's not going to shock me if Joe Burrow is a Bengal for life. But all right, let's go ahead and move on to some other news around the league. DeAndre Hopkins, now a Tennessee Titan. Originally, it didn't seem like that was going to be the case when he was released by the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, he came out in an interview with GQ and mentioned some of the teams that he and his agent had reached out to, but apparently they did not want him back. He mentioned, he said, the Lions, they didn't want me. The Cowboys didn't want me. The Giants didn't want me. Who else ain't want me? San Fran ain't want me. I can't wait to play him. And honestly, I'm about, I'm trying my best to crush they ass. Now, the Titans don't play any of these teams this season, but... I'm excited to see what D-Hop does as a D-Hop fan, but just of these four teams, which one do you think made the biggest mistake passing on him in free agency? Uh, before I answer that, I have to take be my pause on the show right quick. I got you. The team that I think will regret not bringing in D-Hop, I mean, me and you talked about it off air. Initially, my first thought was the Giants. But after seeing the Lions last night and how no one outside of Amon Ross St. Brown made plays in that receiver room, I would have to go with the Lions simply because, like, I, in my 
opinion, like the 49ers, they have weapons. They didn't really need them. And honestly, the Cowboys, once they, unless they made the decision before they got Brandon Cooks, they didn't really need the hop if they made, if you called them after they got them. So, like, it only left, like, two teams. And out of those two, like, you swayed me, and you swayed me and watched me. It has to be the Lions. Yeah, definitely Lions for me because, like I told you off air, at least the Giants do need D-Hop. Don't think I'm saying that they couldn't have used them, but at least compared to the – I mean, not Lions, I'm sorry, the uh, Giants. The Giants wide receiver core, at least you know what you're going to get. With the Lions, Amon Ross St. Brown is a man. He's a killer. I'm a big fan of his. Outside of him – there's nobody you're scared of. Josh Reynolds made a couple of plays last night. Khalif Raymond had a play. But realistically, their passing game is Amon Ross St. Brown or bust. And, of course, everybody's banking on Jamison Williams coming in and having an impact once his suspension is over. But even still, who's to say he's going to be that same guy he was at Alabama? And if he's not that same guy, their receiving core is still going to struggle. And I know a lot of people are probably hyped up because they just beat the Chiefs. That's awesome and that's great. But you look at the numbers. It's not like the receivers went crazy. And, again, with the Giants, you know what you have in Paris Campbell um, and Sterling Shepard. Uh, Jalen Hyatt, he has a lot of potential. And then Wondell Robinson, before he got hurt, and then Isaiah Hodges shows some potential. So I don't think that – I think I trust them more collectively than I do what the Lions have, which means it's crazy that D-Hop didn't. It's crazy they didn't even pick up the phone. That's that's actually insane to me. But all right, let's go ahead and do some uh, talk some injury news, keeping on the wide receiver conversation. It looks like uh, Cooper Cup is going to be out against the Seattle Seahawks for the Rams, uh, still dealing with that hamstring injury. Uh, he's trying to get a second opinion. Hopefully he doesn't end up having to be placed on IR, but we will see how that progresses. And now on to the fun stuff. Let's predict some NFL awards. Let's start off with Coach of the Year. Who do you think ends up taking home that honor? I'm going to say... Uh, I'm going to say Brian Dayball. Really? So I'll say this. If you're picking Brian Dayball, that means you think the Giants make the playoffs. I think they can make it. I think they might sneak in as a wild card. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what the Giants do. Um, I'm going Dennis Allen, head coach of the New Orleans Saints. I mean, if y'all listen to the AFC South, AFC and NFC South breakdown, you heard my thoughts on him uh, and the Saints and what I, I think that they can make a legit uh, playoff run this year. And I think he plays a catalyst in that. Uh, comeback player of the year, I'm going Odell Beckham Jr., uh, missed all of 2022, um, 2022, sorry. But it seems like all reports out of Baltimore is that he's looked good, he's been healthy, he's gaining a good relationship with Lamar Jackson. I don't think he's going to be the player he was with the Giants, notoriously getting 1,000-yard seasons consecutively. But I think that if he can be the player that he was in L.A. with maybe a little extra oomph, he can be a really, really great wide receiver for Baltimore and their best wide receiver that they've had since Steve Smith. I'm in agreement as well, dude. All right, who do you think will be win Defensive Rookie of the Year? For me, this was the easiest one to pick. Defensive Rookie of the Year, uh, Jalen Carter. Really? I'm going Will Anderson. I think that Will Anderson is going to go on a tear with the Texans, and it's going to be exciting to watch. But Jalen Carter makes sense, too. 
Uh, offensive rookie of the year, I'm going Jackson Smith and Jigba. I think having Tyler Lockett and DK there to take attention off of him is going to really open things up for him in the slot. I'm showing your squad a lot of love. I'm going Zay Flowers. I would love for Zay to win, a ring, win that, but I have, a, I have another thing I want more. Uh, defensive player of the year, who you got? Defensive player of the year, I am going TJ Watt. We are in agreement. I also have TJ Watt. Um, the C, I mean, I see the Steelers have had a great offseason, as much as it pains me to say. They've added a lot to that secondary. Alex Highsmith is back. And I think that just with all the pieces around him, now you can't just singularly focus on TJ Watt. And now the secondary should be doing a better job of containing wide receivers. And offensive linemen can only block for so long. So I think that's going to open things up for him. Uh, offensive player of the year, I got Jay Jettas winning it in back-to-back seasons. I do too. All right, MVP, who you got? Lamar Jackson. I am going to go Joe Burrow. I think that as long as he can stay healthy, I mean, we've seen that, that those flashes of excellence, particularly in the postseason. long as he can stay healthy, Jamar Chase can stay healthy, T. Higgins, I think they're going to do some damage. All right, now on to Super Bowl predictions. Who is your real pick, and what is the Super Bowl you want to see? My real pick, I am going to say Eagles and Bengals. My, what do I want to see? Titans and Eagles. Who you got winning? Um, In the real pick, it's hard, but in the real one, I'm probably going to say Eagles. And then obviously you want the Titans to win. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, my real pick, I'm going to say Bengals over the 49ers. And this may come as a shock. In Ravens' plot, plot, please don't disown me. But in my, like, if I could dream Super Bowl, I got Broncos over Vikings. Because I'm, I'm just getting real sick of the Russell Wilson slander. And no better way to counter all this buffoonery than just by winning another ring. I would love for Russ to win another ring. Lamar, you're going to get yours, hopefully, knock on wood. But, Russ, I'd rather see him win a ring this year. All right, let's go ahead and play our quick game of Believable or Buffoonery and then get on to our week one game pick, starting off with your Tennessee Titans. I mean, it's been a lot of talk about running backs, and one of the best running backs of the past decade has been Derrick Henry, who said he aims to show the value of the running back position in 2023, saying that he running backs just want their share. He added, have you all witnessed it? I'm pretty sure you all have. So, yes, just trying to show that we are valuable as any other position. They use us in commercials and all over the place, and we just want our share due. It's tough right now. Just want to do anything possible to help show our value. Do it on the field, but definitely try to be together as a movement to improve the situation. One of the best ways to show your value is to be productive, as Derrick Henry has been for the past several years. So believable or buffoonery. Derrick Henry will rush for 2,000 yards this season. I'm going to say buffoonery because just off the top of my head, some of the teams that I know that we're going to face, we're going to face the – I believe we face the – I know we faced the Steelers. We faced their whole division. So that was a tough game from a defensive standpoint. I mean, week one we faced the Saints. That's a tough defense. Uh, I know we faced the Cowboys. That's a tough defense. I'm not going to say 
I'll say I don't think he'll get two thousand, but I could definitely see him getting like twelve, twelve hundred. Yeah, I'm agreeing with you. I don't think they're going to get 2,000 just because I don't think they're going to be as heavily reliant on the run this year. Because, I mean, he had, what, 349 carries last year? That is insane. I think, not say they're going to cut it in half or anything, but I think he's going to get significantly less carries, and I think that's going to take a dip to his rushing yards. All right, keeping things going, we're moving on to the defensive side of the ball, starting in Carolina. One of the moves that they made this offseason was bringing in a veteran edge rusher, Justin Houston, to pair with Brian Burns. And uh, Houston, in a recent interview, said, the power of the tongue speaks life or death, and I'm speaking life over us, saying that he and Burns will be by far the top sack-producing duo in the league. Is that believable or buffoonery? I mean, you look at, like, some of the pass rush duos in the league. Like, you have uh, T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith. You have Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. Like, you have a lot of dominant, two-headed, like, pass rush duos. I could definitely see them being, like, in the upper echelon of duos, but I don't think they'll be number one. Yeah, I'm calling buffoonery on that, too. I think they'll be fine. Um, Don't get me wrong. Love me some Justin Houston. Hate that he left. But I I think that most of his sacks that he got were more so situational. And because he was on the field so much, I don't think that he's going to be on the field as much with the Panthers. And so I think that's going to take away some of his production. Um, All right, keeping things on the defensive side of the ball. It's some interesting things going on with Chandler Jones and the Las Vegas Raiders. Apparently, he's been away from the team, um, and he says that he was locked out of the team facility and has requested a trade online. Went on a whole tirade on Instagram. Uh, one of the most uh, one of the things he put on his story was, "They won't let me in the building, though, trying to provoke a blank." Uh, F it. I don't want to play for the Raiders. If that's my head coach or GM, I want Patrick Graham, Ivy League, blank. And then added, it's a shame that I'm a top athlete with 112 sacks in the NFL, and I have to go to a local gym to work out during the season for no apparent reason. This is wild to me, Josh, and you know it. We need to do what's right. Whole bunch of drama, very close to the season. So believable or buffoonery. Chandler Jones' time with the Raiders is coming to an end. Yeah, I think it is. Like, anytime you see players do something like that, I, I feel like they're going to be on borrowed time. And it's also just funny because it's like, it's, it's a trend of, like, players that always talk bad about Josh McDaniels. Like, I mean, a couple of years ago, Brandon Marshall had his his tirade about him on, on the I Am Athlete podcast and other former players are doing it. And now Chandler Jones is doing it. So, yeah, I think he's out of there. Yeah, I think so too. Now, it'll be interesting to see, one, I think that – he's going to have to change his contract. I don't think anybody's going to bring him in making as much money as he is now, or at least the Raiders going to have to take on a good chunk of that. And also he had a bad year last year. And so that'd be interesting to see how much value the Raiders could actually get for him. But when it's all said and done, I don't think he's going to play another staff for the Raiders. All right. We both picked uh, TJ Watt to be this year's 
Defensive Player of the Year. And, I mean, for good reason. He's very talented. So talented that former uh, NFL linebacker Bart Scott said, when T.J. Watt is healthy, he is the best defensive player in football. Is that believable or buffoonery? I'm going to say it's believable. Because in my mind, when healthy, it's only two guys that I feel from the top from a defensive standpoint is T.J. Watt and Aaron Yeah, I'm going to say buffoonery just because the last time I checked, Aaron Donald is still in the league. But T.J. Watt, if we're talking purely edge rushers, I think he's the best bar none. But overall, I'm still going to give the slight edge to Aaron Donald. But all right, last one, and then we're making our game picks. Keep it on the defensive trend because who doesn't love some good defense? Uh, the New York Jets have potential to be very, very good. So good, in fact, that Jets cornerback DJ Reed believes that the 2023 Jets defense has the chance to be comparable to that of the Legion of Boom or the 85 Bears. He said, I'm very confident. I think we have the potential to be the best defense in the NFL. Honestly, I think we can be historical, not as being the best defense in the league, but I think... Uh, we can be a historical defense like the 85 Bears or the Legion of Boom in 2013. I think we can be that dominant if we put all the things together. So, believable or buffoonery, the Jets' defense this season will be a historic one. I'm going to say buffoonery because I think there are other defenses that are better than them coming into this season. Um, yeah, I'm going to say believable as well, especially because teams, usually when players make statements like that, it usually goes to crap. I don't remember who it was for the Steelers last year said that they were going to, no, actually it wasn't a Steelers player. It was a, one of my coworkers who said, who said they could be a top 10 defense all time last year. And we see all how that worked out. So yeah, no, I don't think it's going to happen, but I think that it will be fun to watch. And if they can stay healthy, I think they they for sure have the potential to be the best defense in the league today. But I wouldn't go as far as saying an all-timer. But right, let's go ahead and get to the fun part. Make our game picks for week one. Starting off with my Baltimore Ravens versus the Houston Texans. I got Ravens. I got Ravens. Atlanta Falcons versus the Carolina Panthers. This is tough, but I think I'm going to go to Falcons. I'm going to go Falcons. Cincinnati Bengals versus the Cleveland Browns. I know Jamar Chase gave the Browns bulletin board material, but I'm still going Bengals. Yeah, me too. San Francisco 49ers versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. This should be fun, but I got San Fran. I got San Fran too. Washington Commanders versus the uh, Arizona Cardinals. Josh Dobbs is expected to be the starter for the Cardinals on Sunday. It doesn't matter who they picked. I was still going to go Commanders. Yeah, I'm I'm going Commanders, too. Minnesota Vikings versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I got Vikings. Vikings. Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Indianapolis Colts. Who you got? I got Jags. Uh, Moving on to the Las Vegas Raiders versus the Denver Broncos. I'm going Broncos. I'm going Broncos. Uh, New Orleans Saints versus your Tennessee Titans. Sorry, but I'm going Saints. Uh, Los Angeles Chargers versus the Miami Dolphins. This should be a lot of fun, but I'm going Chargers. I'm going Dolphins. Uh, Seattle Seahawks versus the Los Angeles Rams. I got Seahawks. I'm going Seahawks. Philadelphia Eagles versus the New England Patriots. I'm going Eagles. 
Eagles. Green Bay Packers versus the Chicago Bears. I got Packers. I feel that. Uh, Dallas Cowboys versus the New York Giants. NBC's favorite matchup. One, one that I'm so sick of seeing. I got Cowboys, though. Who's at home? Uh, they're in New York. I'm still got Cowboys. I was going to say, I don't think where it is makes the difference. Or at least not to me personally. Um, And then Monday Night Football, the highly anticipated debut of Aaron Rodgers with the New York Jets. They will be hosting the Buffalo Bills. I got Bills. I got Bills. All right. Now let's go ahead and talk the offensive, defensive, and rookie players that we are watching this week as well as the team that we're calling out. Um, Offensively, I'm watching Jordan Love. I want to see what he looks like. First start in what? Because when did they play the Chiefs last year? I think like November. I think this is like his second overall start. Doesn't matter. I'm excited to see what he looks like. I think that their defense is going to be fine. It just comes down to him playing clean, not making mistakes, uh, getting the ball out when he needs to, run game doing what it's supposed to. And I think the Packers will be fine, but it all comes down to him. Um, Defensively, I'm watching Sauce Gardner. I am very skeptical because we talked about this. I'm not putting a rookie in my top five at a position. Now, if Sauce Gardner has another great year, he will easily be a top five corner, in my opinion. But he's got to do it again, and he's going to have to do it against the likes of a Stephon Diggs, which is a very tough matchup. And then the rookie I'm watching is Will Anderson. He's going against my Ravens, and while I trust our tackles, Will Anderson is definitely a game breaker, and I want to see how he looks in his first NFL action. And I'm calling out the Buffalo Bills because, I mean, hey, everybody just is sleeping on you in the vision. Everybody's jumping on the Jets bandwagon, thinking the Dolphins are going to do something. You're the Buffalo Bills. You've won this division multiple years in a row. I think it's time that they prove to everybody just why they are considered the best team in that division, or at least have been for the past several years. Um, for me, offensively, I'm going to be looking at Justin Fields. I mean, you come into a situation where they bring in DJ Moore. You now have what looks like to be a true number one wide receiver. And during the preseason, everyone was hyping up their matchup, especially based off their Titans game, where literally in that game, he only threw like two screen passes or maybe three screen passes, and DJ Moore did, all, did the rest of the work. Um, defensively, I'm going to be looking at T.J. Watt. I mean, we just said he's going to be DPOY. He's arguably the best edge in the year. He's also going to be going up against a solid offensive line led by Trent Williams. What is he going to look like? And from a rookie, uh, I would go Will Anderson, but I'm going to go Bryce Young simply because, like, in the preseason, he, he ended well. You know, making the throwing the touchdown to Adam Thielen on a beautiful throw, but he was running for his life basically the whole preseason. And I want to see if he's able to make plays against unimproved Atlanta defense. Feel that. And what team you calling out? I mean, it's only one for me. It gotta be my. It gotta be my squad because it's week one. I feel that. Baltimore, I, I didn't call you out. Hopefully, you still get the message. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the NBA. Starting things off with some 
new contract signing starting off with the Los Angeles Lakers they signed forward uh Christian Wood to a two-year deal uh Wood averaged 16.6 points per game and 7.3 rebounds with the Mavericks a season ago he's expected not to be the starter Rui Hochamara is still going to start but how do you like this move for the purple and gold I think it's a I think it's a good move honestly because it's a guy like even though Rui is slated to start, like he's a guy that can come off the bench and he can score in a multitude of ways. He's a um he presents unique matchups from a um a defensive standpoint because he can shoot, he can handle the ball fairly well for a B and he can post up. So I think it's a good matchup because even as the season progresses, like you could potentially slide him in the starting lineup and he can play alongside LeBron and AD. So I think it's a really good sign, honestly. Yeah, I like the move a lot too, especially considering they got him for a relatively cheap deal. It's hard to really beat that. Um, all right, let's go ahead and continue on with the Philadelphia 76ers. Not exactly the move that a lot of people are waiting on, but a solid one at that. Uh, sign guard Danny Green to a one-year deal. All right, let's move on to our game of believable or buffoonery. Starting things off with LeBron James. Though many would consider him to be not only in the conversation for the greatest of all time, but the greatest of all time, not everyone exactly thinks so. John Starks, NBA vet, said, LeBron is hurting his legacy by switching NBA teams so much that it will affect his standing when it comes to LeBron versus Jordan debates. LeBron, I mean, Mike didn't move around. He wanted to play against the best. He felt like he didn't need to go chase players to join his team to beat the best because he felt like he was the best, and I think that's a difference. So, believable or buffoonery, LeBron James switching teams hurts his GOAT case. No, um, but I'm, the reason I say that is kind of tied to what he said about the Jordan beast. Like, Jordan didn't have to go chase players because, like, bro, you were able to get, like, a top 75 player all-time all drafted to your team, and your GM was able to sign Dennis Rodman, one of the best defenders and arguably – like, top five greatest rebounders of all time. Like, in the case of LeBron, at least in Cleveland, he wasn't able to get people to come to his team. And that's why he left. But I'm I'm just going to say no. I just think because, yes, I do agree, players staying on – like, I'm for players staying on teams. Like, I, like, I love the fact that, like, growing up, I saw Kobe – only play for the Lakers. Even though I hated the Lakers, I thought it was dope to see Kobe stay on the Lakers for his whole career. But I'm also like, hey, from the stance of LeBron, no one's coming to play in Cleveland, no matter how great you are, because it's just not a destination or like a destination team. Like Chicago, it was the mecca of basketball at that point because it was a great city. And you had Jordan. So players were willing to come there. So you didn't have to go join other players. I'm going to say buffoonery, but I understand the perspective on this. Because I understand, like, Cleveland. I get him leaving Cleveland. But him going to Miami ruffled a lot of feathers, and rightfully so. I mean, you're going to a team with Dwayne Wade. I think that's more so... 
where that's coming from. Like, I don't – because, like, yeah, like, you, it's hard to recruit players in Cleveland. I mean, the second time he went back, players were willing to come, but it's still, like – Still crazy. Kevin Love was a star in his own right, but like I, I like not superstar players, sure. But he he was he was a killer in Minnesota. But I get what you're saying. I don't. I understand a lot. I do get where John Starks is coming from, though. I do think that it does strengthen your case a bit, in my opinion. It looks better if you do you have your success with one team. And not to knock LeBron, LeBron is great, but I, I can understand that standpoint. But I still I still consider him one of the greatest of all time. He's not my GOAT, never was my GOAT, but I mean, I don't think this would be why I didn't call him the GOAT. But all right, let's go ahead and move on to a player that you're quite familiar with, and that is Dylan Brooks. While the FIBA basketball tournament is still going on, Dylan Brooks is still incredibly confident in doing what he does best, and that is talk his mess. And one of the most recent things that he said was, I'm the best perimeter defender in this tournament, in the world, in the NBA. Let's be honest. We're, I don't think we'd call him the best perimeter in the entire NBA, but believable or buffoonery, Dylan Brooks is a top five perimeter defender in the NBA today. Oh, 100%. Like, I mean, he does have a case for being the number one. Like, because when you think about perimeter defenders right now, I would say Marcus Smart, Dylan Brooks, when he's healthy and able to play, Gary Payton. Um, who else? Kawhi Leonard when he's healthy. Yeah, Kawhi when healthy. Um, yeah, it's really like the. I'll throw Alex Caruso when healthy because he's a good perimeter defender. Um, but yeah, that's really like it. Yeah, I would agree. Top five. Um, but I mean, I think that that kind of gets overshadowed because so many people just don't like him as a player. But he is like legit on defense. Um, all right, let's go ahead and continue on with another solid perimeter player, and that is Paul George, who recently on an episode of his podcast talked about. Um, how good the Pacers could have been had he not suffered that gruesome leg injury back in 2014, saying that he thinks that they could have dethroned LeBron and the Heat. He said, I mean, the year after we lost to Miami and Indiana that summer is when I broke my leg. And I was talking to Michael Beasley about this yesterday, um, that that was the most devastating part of my career. From a standpoint that after a year I... Uh, after a year, I had a grade against Miami, against LeBron. Going into the next year, playing with the FIBA team, learning from the other stars, I was going to take stuff from there. I was l- finally looking forward to that summer and getting better and figuring out how to get over the hump with my team in Indiana. Now, for those of you who don't know, that Pacers team back in that 2013-2014 season, they were bad. They were bad. Paul George was really, really, really good. But that injury was really gruesome. I remember watching it. It was a bad one. So, believable or buffoonery, the Pacers would have won a ring had it not been for Paul George's gruesome leg injury in 2014. No, it's buffoonery because, not to discredit Paul George, but it's a guy by the name of LeBron James that was running the Houston Conference during that time period. Yeah, I'm going to call buffoonery too. I think that they would have been... I, I mean, I don't think that they would have been – because they made it what to the – that was the Eastern Conference Finals that they made it to, right? 
when uh le- when Lance Stevenson blew in LeBron's ear? I believe so. Yeah, like I think not to be like or sound like a hater, but I think that was their ceiling collectively. And again, it's not not against him because you know he was really good, but yeah, I just I don't think that that really would have moved the needle for me. But I think he would have been great. Probably would have had a better year, maybe in the MVP conversation. But I don't think they would have got a ring. All right, speaking of rings, last thing before we move on to our payback a recap. Um, Gilbert Arenas, someone who has never shied away from staying his opinion, recently went back and forth with seven-time NBA champion Robert Horry about the importance of rings. He said, you can't do nothing with those rings when you retire. They're meaningless. That's all I was saying. I'd rather take the $300 million because $300 million can get me to do other things. Then seven rings just sitting there somewhere behind Bob with the smelly afro. I hate that Bob is trying to get sympathy for something that I didn't even say. We, I feel like we've talked about this recently between getting like a max contract or a ring, but we're talking about like from a current player's perspective, or at least we have in the past. What about when you retire? Believable or buffoonery, your rings become meaningless. I'm going to say to an extent is believable. And the only reason I say it's believable is because of the role that you play in getting those rings. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah, like, let's say, like, Kobe. Like, Kobe's rings aren't going to be meaningless because Kobe was that dude. Right. But, like, again, like, in the case of Robert Ward, like, it's, like, his might have a little bit more meaning because he hit big shots that win. But, like, if you're a role player that might not have had as big of an impact, like, you just going to have a ring and you're going to be the only one influencing and nobody's going to care. Yeah, I think it kind of – I'm going to say buffoonery with the asterisk because, like you said, I mean, it depends who you are. Like, we were just kind of talking about the GO conversation. Michael Jordan's not in that conversation without six rings. LeBron's not in that conversation without four. Kobe's not in that conversation without five. Magic's not in there without five. Kareem, like, we could, the list goes on and on as to, usually if you're talking about somebody being the greatest of all time, rings play a role in it. So if you're a superstar, it matters. But like you mentioned, if you're a Robert Horry, how many people, real talk, how many non-lifelong basketball fans, one, no Kyle Horry, I mean, Robert Horry has seven rings, two, even knows who Robert Horry is. You don't even got to say lifelong. How many people that's younger than me and you? Facts. Like, you're not going to know who Robert Horry is. Like, you could be a Lakers fan. You don't know who Robert Horry is. A Spurs fan. You know Duncan, uh, Ginobili, Parker, Leonard. You're not going to know who Robert Horry is. And that's fair because he wasn't the guy. He wasn't a driving force behind one of those championships. So, in if we're talking the superstars, the upper echelons, rings absolutely matter. But if you're just a guy who happened to be on the roster, like Patrick McCraw, who had got a couple rings with Golden State, then end up winning a ring off the Raptors bench the next year, don't nobody care. So I just think it really just depends on who you are as a player and what impact you had on the team. But all right, let's go ahead and move on to our payback recap. 
All right, and now it's time to talk payback. But of course, it can't just be me talking WWE bars. I am joined by my embryo, my embryo bro, my embryo ho, Chris embry Waters. Bro. You can just put that how you want to put it. What do you mean? I just, I've been saying this for the last at least four or five times that you've been on yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, I know. So why, why are you making a stink about it now, darling? I didn't make no stink. I, I added my own little taste to it. Oh, is that what we're calling it? I said Henry Grow. Oh, yeah. okay, sure. That doesn't yeah. that doesn't work the same. But anyway, how you yeah, doing? Yeah, Just, yeah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't Go work. Ahead. Go ahead. How you doing? I'm doing good. How you doing today? Hot. Like I told you, apartment is still very hot. I, I don't. I don't recall you telling me that you were hot, but okay. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm playing. Of course, I listen to you. Stop it. Don't don't start. Don't start. If anything, you started with me. Um. Yeah. You ready to start? Anyway, you ready to start talking about some payback? I was born ready. Let's do it. All right, bet. So, kicking off the show, Becky Lynch beats Trish Stratus in a banger of a match, causing Trish to not only lose the match but lose her protege as well. With John Cena as a special guest referee, LA Knight takes home the win against The Miz. Rey Mysterio retains his United States title. Guys, my brother, guess what? Finn Balor actually won something. Yes, after Sammy gets hidden upside the head with the Money in the Bank briefcase, shout out to Dirty Dom. We have new undisputed tag team champions. Um, And then following that up, the Judgment Day truly holds all the gold after Rhea Ripley retains her women's WWE Championship against Raquel Rodriguez. And finally, Seth Rollins' back was put to the test, but Rollins still pushed through and retained his World Heavyweight title against Shinsuke Nakamura. So we talked about this. Like, the show was overall pretty predictable, um, with the exception of Judgment Day winning, which none of us picked, which was nice. Uh, you and I both ended up going 5-1. and one. Ethan went 4-2 and two because he picked Shinsuke to beat Seth. But I ended up winning on the tiebreaker because there were three uh, matches that had clean finishes. I wanted three. I knew this was gonna happen. But hear me I out said though. I wanted three. You yes. No, you can't have three. So I went with. Because three. that we agreed on everything else before we had to split Why up. Why can't we just both win? You you didn't, didn't want to stay next to me and we both be winners. So I had to take a loss. Because you I didn't technically take a loss, three. my brother. I knew it was gonna be three. I well, knew, I knew it. Well, I just, want, I just want all the fans to know, run back the tape, run the tape. Yeah, back. yes. Do you, do you want to run, do you want to look back at the matches that ended clean and that didn't? No, 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 I'm just saying. You no, good? I'm saying you're right with, you know, the clean finishes with three. You're right about that. I know. I'm not disagreeing with that part. Okay. I'm just saying, let everybody know. Yes, now. You can now, run the old, uh, old video back. I wanted three. She got three first. I will admit that. I wanted three, two. But she didn't want me to have three, so I had to go with four, and that's why I lost. But deep down inside, I, I knew it was going to be three. Listen here, King. I'm still so proud of you because guess what? You followed my tutelage. You followed my coaching oh, to get <laughs> to where you needed to be. And honestly, had had you I not told you you had to think for yourself, we both would have wow. won. <laughs> 
Nah, nah, there's no asterisk. What do you mean? I said three, and she was like, We agreed on everything. We can't agree on everything. I absolutely did say that, yep. If we take a test and we both make a hundred, that means we got the same answers, right? That is so, I mean, so not so, so the that, same that thing. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely the same it's, thing. It's not the same thing, though. It's definitely the same Cause thing. Because guess what? With a test, if you get a hundred, that looks good on your final report card. With what this, my report card's already better than yours. There ain't no coming back. <laughs> All right, anyway. <laughs> What was your favorite match of Payback? Yeah, please let me go first because if you choose the same one. No, I always let you answer you these first. The same one, you're be like, nah, pick a different Whatever. Just, I always let you choose these first. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. Don't I'm be like this. Teacher. I'm going to tell the teacher you cheated off of me. Whatever. But, uh, hey, uh, favorite match of the night, I think it's uh, the one that was the biggest shot. Um, was definitely the what was it? Um, street was it? A, uh, with Kevin Owens, the Sami Zayn, Judgment Day. What they call it? A street fight? Was it a street fight? Uh, the Steel City Street Fight. Yeah. That was the match of the night. It was way better than I thought it was gonna be. I knew it was gonna be good, but it was way better than I thought it was gonna be. And man, I would hate to be going against Dirty Dumb. I would hate to run past him in the uh, prison yard. That man kept coming back. They could not keep him down. He is the reason they are the champions. Uh, shout out to um. JD as well. I hope his back is doing okay with that power bomb. But uh, yo, that ooh, that hurt. I hope, hope Kevin Owens is okay. He missed the raw because when he did that son, well, I call it swan time. But uh, he, he 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 didn't hit all of it. A lot of his body hit the floor. I can tell you that when I first saw it, he missed Dom a little bit. But uh, when he did swan time, yeah, it was like I think if the uh, table was pushed back a little bit further, he would have connected yes. more. Yeah, so he overjumped it. I was like, I hope he's okay. But he also missed the rock, so and I said, I hope he's okay. Now, um, from I'm sorry to interrupt. So from yeah, what yeah. I gathered, I think he's okay. Apparently, he was backstage at uh, Raw last night, but they changed plans last minute. Oh, okay. So I did not know that. See, well, look at you giving me information I didn't know. I appreciate that. See, you nice when you want to be. But uh, definitely match of the night. Um, I think it built a lot of stories with trying to get JD. Yeah, JD and the Judgment Day. Um, like I say, uh, they did it right because Judgment Day should be when they should have the numbers game on everybody. Right. And uh, I'm like you, our boy Finn Balor. Not only did he win, he got the pin. Yes, sir. So, because um, I was nervous when uh, I was nervous for a second, but uh, just a great match. Um, and I'm happy for Finn. He's now um, Grand Slam champion as well. He deserves it. And uh, go Judgment Day. I really like Judgment Day. Oh my gosh, look at us. We're not in agreement though. Um I'll talk okay. but you know that cuz I no never mind. I'm not going to finish that statement. Um uh, shout out to Mommy for uh, throwing KO through the barricade. That spear was not pretty. <laughs> and it wasn't like a not pretty like dang that hurt. Like it just yeah. it did not look good. He already took so much punishment that night. He was bleeding and everything. Then the spear. No, I'm not even talking about that. I mean just like the execution of the spear itself wasn't oh, no, that yeah. good. It was it was badass. No, I'm saying it wasn't good. The spear yeah, was not mean, good. What do you mean not good? Like it, it just didn't look good. Like, oh, it didn't look good to you. Yeah, like I've seen, I've seen better spears to a barricade, and I don't know. Maybe it was just the way that Rhea did it. It just looked, 
it we you seen a you seen a spear that was like damn I know that hurt. This one was just kind of like eh. I liked it though because it was unexpected, but it was very unexpected. But uh, I, I was wondering. You right? Because JD and Dom was just out there and she was not showing up. Yeah, and she had her match right after that. So yeah, you got a good point. And yeah, it wasn't the best spear. The hardest spears I've seen is. Goldberg with Dolph and um what was what the a, recent one um Melo Hayes uh with Braun Breaker yeah Braun Breaker spear that should have been a finish he shouldn't even waste that that should have been a finish to a match Braun Breaker uh, spear like I I kind of equated to like Walter's chop because it's yeah. like when it's you, you know it's coming at some point and boy when it do you know it's it hurt like hell. Cause I never just watched the Braun Breaker match. Is that his finisher? The speed? I haven't watched my my brother. I have not watched a Braun Breaker match since War Games of like two or three years ago. But okay, I, I just think didn't know so. His finisher. I just didn't know his finisher. I know you know on stuff. So. If that's not his finisher, <laughs> and he's just doing that for fun, <laughs> <laughs> that'd be wild. Like, bro, why, hey, why are you doing this to me? That, that could definitely be a finisher. I know it wouldn't be like how it sounds off. Like, how you get people chasing red. Yeah, oh. You do this for fun. You. Or Shane with the, the uh, beats. Man, look. Hear me out, though. Hear me out. I'm sorry. We're getting off on the tangent as we always do. It's a good tangent. Though. If I tangent. ever. If I. When I. The first thing I think of when I think of a Walter uh, Chop is the one he gave to Adam Cole. Because that legit sounded like a gunshot. If you have never seen the video, this is when they were both back in NXT. If you have never seen the clip of him chopping Adam Cole, go go watch it. Like, pause this and go watch it. It's worth it, I promise. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. Okay, back to the regularly scheduled program. Um, Yeah, my favorite match was Becky versus Trish in a steel cage match. Okay. Um, that would be my nomination for match of the night. I just think that obviously these are two very talented women. I wouldn't call either of them the GOAT in my opinion. But I think matches like this show why they are in that conversation. Um, especially considering this was going to be the final match of the feud. It's been going on for a while. So they had to do something to kind of give it some more pizzazz. You know what I'm saying? Make fans care. And I think that they absolutely did that. I mean... Becky came out on top, as she should have. But, I mean, it was a back-and-forth match you never really knew. Uh, Trish Stratus is in there like an acrobat, uh, taking bumps, like really getting her ass kicked, but doing so for the second entertainment and just being that great heel. I mean, just from top to bottom, I really, really enjoyed it. Now, I saw somebody on Twitter say it was better than her match with Charlotte at SummerSlam a couple years ago. I got to rewatch that match. Because I love that match. But I don't know if I like this match from this past week as much as that one. But, no, it was a it was a terrific match. And if it really is it for Trish, she went out in a blaze of glory. It was a really, really good match. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree with everything you just said. Yeah. I don't know if this is going to be her last match, though. I don't know I what Trish is going to do now. I mean, every every month, I guess, when she's still around, is just amazing. You know what I mean? Because nobody expected her to stay around this long. And I'm sure she it's did great it. Her staying around this long, it's, it's great. Yeah. Now, and the thing is, I could see them like book her versus Zoe, but who's the heel in that situation? Do you? 
make uh, keep Trish as the heel, or do you have her as like the regretful mentor? Oh, I'm so sorry that this happened, and she turns her to like I I rather not see that because that's again that gets a bit predictable. But I wouldn't be mad if she stayed around for a little bit longer. Um, I know they did something with Zoe and um Shayna Baszler, Shayna Baszler. Yeah, that match was pretty night, cool. So, so uh, maybe they get ready to try to send, make her a face or something, Zoe. Um, that's what I'm assuming, but hey, I could be wrong. We'll see. I mean, honestly, I wouldn't be mad seeing her versus Rhea. Yeah, I mean, she wouldn't win, but it wouldn't be a no, problem. I, mean, I, 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 I would be a good match. Well, you try Zoe, right? It, it depends on uh, Oh, I'm talking about Trish. Trish, uh, her and Trish. I mean, Trish versus uh, Real. Yeah, that'll be, that'll be Again, I don't match. want her to win, but I think it'd be a fun feud. I feel like they'll let Rhea squash her. No. What? No. Ap- look, after this last match where they gave her time and the match was, in my opinion, very mid, nah. Mm-mm. I think the squashing thing is over. You got you, you got to give me some bangers. Yeah, she has. And you know what? I, I, I need the bangers back, Rhea, because I know you can do it. All right. What was your favorite moment? I'm not going to lie. My favorite moment was the little anime. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura had the little uh, comic book anime way thing he had at the start of the match. Uh, when he was coming out, I freaking loved that. I'm not going to lie. It was something I hadn't seen in a long time. Well, if ever. I can't remember the time I saw something like that. And, uh it, it, it kind of made me like it made me want him to win. Uh, I, I kind of wanted him to win after I saw that. But of course, you know he lost. But uh, that was my favorite moment. A hundred and fifty percent. See, I agree with you because seeing that, I was like, yeah, I want him to win now. I don't even care. <laughs> like, no offense, Steph. Like, I I want Shinsuke to win. Not to say I don't like Shinsuke, and like I would have been mad if he would have won in general. But after that, I really was like, yeah, do what you need to do, Shinsuke. Um, I feel that. Um, obviously, you heard in, in the excitement of my voice. I was very happy to see Judgment Day win. And so that is definitely a contender for my favorite moment. But it came, my favorite moment, like, specifically came from that match. And it's when... Mr. Balor got a hold of them terrible towels that those Pittsburgh Steelers fans like to twirl around. And he stopped that junk out the way you are supposed to. And so you know what? With all the black and purple, I should have known he was a Ravens fan. I should have known he had good taste. And so that was my favorite moment of the night. Finally, I'm seen and heard. Oh my gosh, you don't want to argue with me? I can't believe it. Uh, who do you feel like increased and decreased their stock? Increased and decreased. Surprisingly, I'm going to choose increased the whole judgment day. That's yeah. On a losing streak and um, having all them titles with the money in the bank. Everybody's holding something. Um, I, I think they really increased their stock. Showed them to be way more dangerous than we are. I knew they were dangerous, but it's like they got back on that level because they were losing a lot, a little bit. They was falling off. Decreased? I don't think anybody really just decreased their stock. Um, now, you can, somebody can say, I'm not saying you or me, but somebody can say Rhea in a way because she didn't put on a banger like everybody thought she would. Yeah. But at the same time, I wouldn't just consider that a decrease. I just feel like 
it was Russ getting, Russ getting knocked off. She hadn't did a long match in a while, and we both know, honestly, I would bet money if they had another match her with uh, Raquel, they, they, they'll have a good match. It's coming and next week, and uh, Diamonds Bars from... It's going to be a way better match than what it was on Payback. So, I really don't want to call that a decrease. I can see if somebody else does, but no, I, I don't have a decrease. I felt my decrease stock because I agree with you on Judgment Day being increased stock uh, is face Shinsuke Nakamura. I never have to see Shinsuke Nakamura as a face again if this is how he's going to be booked as a heel. Like I'm not even saying every pay per view match he comes out with like the anime opening, but just he's just so cool. Like, I like this heel, Shinsuke Nakamura, way more than the heel Shinsuke Nakamura that we saw after he faced AJ Styles in a match he should have won. Even though I'm not going to lie, when Renee Young knocked on his door and was trying to ask some questions, he was like, Shari, I know speak English. That shit was hilarious. I still laugh about that. But this Shinsuke now, just like a stone cold killer, speaking Japanese in every promo. I... How much of Raw did you watch? Because I was going to mention something. I don't know if you saw it. I mean, you can mention it. Uh, I didn't get a chance to fully watch it. Um, I, I just saw little pieces. But, no, I, you, you can say whatever you need to. Okay, so there was a part where uh, Seth came out and essentially called out Shinsuke and was like, hey, you should attack me after the show. Like, you go, you got to get this. You got to get this, these ones. And so Shinsuke comes out, speaks a good little mini monologue in Japanese, and so Seth Rollins is like, so that means you're giving me a rematch, right? That means you come in this ring, right? And he's like, no. And, Shin- and Seth is like, what? And then, like, Shinsuke just keeps saying no. And it, it was really entertaining. But, yeah, so decrease stock face Shinsuke. I just need him to say a heel for however long he's going to be in the WWE because it's very, very entertaining, and I love it. And I can't wait to see what he does with this character, not just continuing on with this feud against Seth because I feel like he is going to get a rematch. But with all the other faces on the roster, because you know I love me a good heel. Yeah, I, look, WWE needs some more good heels. Um, no, I'm not counting Roman; he's great. But uh, at least I, on I, Raw, they need some more heels. They need some more. I would love to see Drew. You know, we've had that conversation how Drew doesn't want to do it. I think right now is the best time for Drew to turn heel, and I would love for him to be the one to take the belt off himself. Um, as a heel, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah, we just need some more. I, was, I used to always love Baron Corbin. I know people don't like him all the time, but he was a good heel to me. He knew how to do his job, and right now he's thought he was doing better on NXT. I don't know what he's doing now, but um, yeah, we need some more, like you said, on Raw for sure. Facts. Um, what was I about to say? Speaking of Raw and speaking of heels, I'm mainly saying this now because I don't know when else I could say it. <laughs> also, controversial opinion. I think it's time for another tangent. What did you think of the Miz and LA Knights match? Did you think it was good? Um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it was good and here's why. I didn't go in expecting it to be great at all. Right. Miz. Um he's not I don't consider him a great wrestler. He's just good at what he does. He he gives you a best in his match. That's what he does. LA Knight is kinda of the same way. Every time I watch the LA Knight match, I never just been in awe. It's more of like, hey, he gets me invested. I just want to see him come in and win. That's pretty much how it is. So I'm going to say no only because I didn't go in expecting like a banger or nothing like that. But 
if you're about to, I, I'm not putting words in your mouth, but if you're about to come out and say it was not good, I would see why you would say that. I, yeah, if the match to me was just kind of mad. Like, it was interesting, I guess, having John Cena as a special guest referee because, I mean, how often do we get special guest referee matches? Yeah. But it was just kind of eh to me, which goes into what we were talking about before we started recording. I loved, and I do mean loved, the Miz having John Cena on Miz TV last night. And before you say John Cena wasn't there, yes, he was. His catchphrase <laughs> is literally, you can't see me. He was right there. Y'all, we just didn't see him. And so essentially, I say all that to say it was hilarious. It was great. I honestly found that more entertaining than his match with LA Knight. But Triple H, Vince, I don't care if Stephanie's listening to this. Please don't book The Miz versus John Cena. Oh, see, I don't know. I feel like that's just where they're going. I don't know why. I mean, I, I, you know what? I could put John in this category. The Miz, I'm put this, this is just for me. I don't know how you feel about it. The Miz, John Cena, and now L.A. Knight. They, ca- they know how to capture your attention on the mic. They know how to get you invested. It, but for them to have like a quote-unquote, I guess to say banger match, which none of them just had banger matches, but just say it, they have a banger match, you got to put them in there with somebody just just like, I don't want to say carry them, but like just super talented, like a dog. Who makes them Donald, step up their game. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Chad Gable, people like them, like you said, yes, like you just said, like Ricochet. Somebody that can like take bumps, make them look real good, stuff like that. And the reason with the LA LA Knight and Miz, they need people like that. But having them two in a match together, and they, even John Cena, which I like a lot of John Cena matches, but the, I ain't about to come out here and say he's just the most talented person in the ring. I'm not about to even lie like that. But you know where I'm coming from, like, so I don't want to even see that um, happen, that match happen, because it's going to be like the same scenario. Um, it's just like, you know, people like them. They get you invested. That's what they're good at doing. Get you invested. Get on that mic. Let me talk to you. They all got that little catchphrase. Right. And it's like, you know, it's really good. They're good at They're great at what they do. But for them to have a banger match, you got to put them in matches with people that, like, just are great at wrestling. AJ Styles, people like that. And like I say, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, they, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn always find a way to make a feud good, you know. Yeah. So, and that, I think I've just, and I know a lot of other wrestling fans don't agree with this sentiment, and that's okay. Like, no judgment. I just think I have grown past wanting to see John Cena wrestle again. Like, I just, the thought of him in a match does not excite me. Like, him making a, like, a one-off appearance or whatever, or, like, the random one he did at Money in the Bank. Okay, that's what's up. Like, stuff like that is cool. Do I need to see John Cena in a prolonged feud with anybody? No, because regardless of what happens on the mic, to me, the end result, speaking of the matches themselves, they just don't do it for me. And it hasn't been like that for a really, really long time. And so I don't want to see him versus The Miz because it's not going to be that good of a match. His match against Austin Theory really wasn't that good of a match. I really want to see him against LA Knight. The only benefit of that is for him to put L.A. Knight over, which is really the only benefit of John Cena is to put people over. Because I, I don't know if you watched SmackDown, but I was mad as hell when he uh, 
F you, Jimmy Uso. And yes, I'm still calling it the F you. Because it's like, Jimmy Uso, you just brought him back. He's supposed to be one of the more premier intriguing heels. And you got old man John Cena coming and F you and him and then just like walking off. Like, I honestly, I don't even think the two really should have interacted if it was going to end like that. So, I, I saw that. I didn't mind him interacting. And the only reason I'm not mad about I get your point. Because I, uh, the only reason I'm not mad at that happening, because they got John doing a lot of things right now, which is now, uh, to make a full circle go off what you're saying, I don't mind John coming back. The only real reason I don't mind him coming back and wrestling is because I feel like he's back to put people over. Because, like, you, like even Austin Theory, which I knew it wasn't going to work, I knew he was going to win Austin Theory. And, you know, he was just trying to put him over. If John is coming back to put people over, I don't mind it because a lot of older people like him still come back and just want to win matches and win championships. So him trying to put people over, I don't mind. But that's not what he did with Jimmy. I'm about to get to that. I'm about to get to that point. And, like, with him wrestling, honestly, I can see him in tag matches if you want to wrestle because I didn't mind him and Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn and uh, Roman. But, you know, if he's going to wrestle, I want him to put over people. Uh, with Jimmy, I was pushing. I don't know if they're gonna do something with him and Jimmy because he, he John is everywhere right now. He's on SmackDown. He did that with Jimmy. Jimmy not gonna let that slide. Then you have him in the Miz. It seemed like um, it's just like they got uh, John Cena everywhere. Now I will agree with you if it doesn't move to nothing else. But if that if if him F you and Jimmy turns into a match where Jimmy wins. Because Jimmy needs to do something. That is the only way that would be cool. That's that's what I'm saying. So I'm not fully with you because I feel like they're going to do something with him and John. And if they do, Jimmy should, you know, of course, be put over, which I don't think John would mind. But if they just left, if they just leave it like that, I'm completely on your side. Like, it's just a bad look. Like, he just came back. Like, like you said, like, if this is it and that was just like one off, it's, it's what? So yeah, yeah I, I think I don't think that was fully planned either, because he was uh, he was supposed to be on that SmackDown, but you know, um, I don't want to mess up his name. You know, the uh, Bray Wyatt passed, but yeah. um, uh, it, it, it shifted everything. A lot of that stuff that happened on that show shouldn't happen. Jimmy was supposed to actually be on that show. Yeah, I know. John was supposed to be on there. So now, granted, they still didn't have to put John and Jimmy together. So I no. agree with you with that. But since they did that. You gotta, if you want to make that happen, Jimmy got to get his get back. They should have a match. Jimmy, they could do it on a Friday night SmackDown. They don't have to be on the next pay per view, whatever it is. I can't think of it right now. Uh, um, the one that Jimmy I'm going be. to Fastlane. The one is in India. And John is wrestling out there, but we don't know who don't John care. is wrestling. He's in a tag team match. Um, for the really? superstar spectacle thing, yeah. Well, hopefully he's one against Jimmy or something. And they win. I don't know. Uh, put something together. Uh yeah. Uh yeah, he's supposed to be in a tag team match. I'm gonna pull it up. Uh, but yeah, no. I just I don't want it. I'm good. I like I said, if you want to have him be a mouthpiece, that's one thing, sure, whatever, I don't care. But have him be at uh what's it called? Have him stopping people like Jimmy Uso or like people who kind of need that momentum right now. I'm good. I'm good. I, I, I but by the way, um, the match is John Cena and Seth Rollins versus Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci. Where did that come from? I don't know. Where, 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 where did that come from? They came from left field. You see, it's in India, right? 
Yes. Oh, and so bet. No, 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 no. Here, here's the gimme and the gotcha. Rhea Ripley has a match on said card. It is a championship match. Guess who her opponent is? It's about to show her the face. Guess who her opponent is? I just want to know. It's about to show her the face. Guess who her opponent is? Chandler's Lorraine. Natalia. <laughs> hey, it might be the banger match. It's going to be better than that tag match, I tell you. <laughs> I am just so sick of seeing them in the ring together. I don't care. They always put Natalia out there. I know. That's what I'm saying. I don't not care. In India, not in India. They don't do that like that in India. They do it in Saudi Arabia. They do it in America, too. Just if they need a spot championship match. And, and this is not saying Natalia is not amazing. Natalia is great. But it's just like, what's the point? Who cares? She hasn't even been on the TV here. Exactly. And like, and they always feel, it's like, I don't know why they do that. I don't, well, maybe people, the people in India don't watch Raw or something. I don't know. I don't know when they, they could or what. But, like, they just be putting random matches together. I never forget what they did, like, the one in Saudi Arabia. They just out of nowhere, Triple H versus Randy Orton. I'm like, where did this come from? Man, look, Saudi Arabia gave versus, them a billion dollars. You going to do whatever they want. But India, I don't think they get the same. They, they, you get whatever we giving you, fam. I think you that's know, how that I, conversation. One thing I will say about Saudi Arabia shows, they got better and better over the years. I say that. I'll say this: they've gotten better because they put, build them as pay per views, and so then I'm like, well, dang, now I gotta watch. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay. The last one in Saudi Arabia was the. The, the Logan Paul and, uh, that was a uh, Night of Champions. So nah, yeah, you're right. Night of Champions. Yep. Right. And it was good. Okay. Yes, it was. Getting back on track. Uh, what was the one booking decision that you would have done differently? Booking decision I would have done differently. That was a pretty solid card, but if I could have done something differently. I would uh, let Shinsuke win, I guess. Okay. I would let Shinsuke win. Um, you can build off of that. They can still have a nice little feud. They get time for Drew to turn heel like I want him to and take over. But um, I would have let Shinsuke win. Bet, bet, bet. I am going to say I would have swapped Becky and Trish's place on the card with mm-hmm. uh, Seth and Shinsuke. I think that they should have been the main event. Like, I get it. It's uh, Seth Rollins. He's amazing. He's great. I think they said that was the, his first pay-per-view he was main eventing. Um, one of the two. Well, since becoming champion, I mean. No, that was Shinsuke's first. They said I was listening. Okay. I wasn't sure if this was also uh, Seth's first cha- uh, pay-per-view he's main eventing since becoming champion. Oh, uh, since champion? I think so, because, I mean, I Roman's been on the card with him usually. Roman hasn't been on a car, so... I mean, the last few shows, Roman was the main event. SummerSlam, Money in the Bank, it was, yeah, uh, Roman, the Bloodline, Civil War. And then, yeah, yeah, and then Night of Champions when Seth won it. So, yeah, this is his first pay-per-view. Well, that was his first pay-per-view as the main event. Well, I guess they probably said both. I know for sure that was Shinsuke's first pay-per-view as the main event. It was a first for both of them. But I still think that Trish and Becky should have been the final match. One, the feud had been going on longer, and I think that it just had more time brewing and more animosity between the two. 
And I, I just think that it should have got its final send-off. Because, again, I personally feel like it was the best match of the night. And it I, that was a very hard match for anybody else to follow. Especially considering the next night match was um, L.A. Knight versus The Miz. Like, I get the star power of L.A. Knight, John Cena, The Miz, or whatever. But, mm-mm. Well, well, one, um, Becky and Trish match should have been on SummerSlam to begin with, but, um... I mean, that was a month ago, so I can't really, like... Yeah, it was a month ago, and, but it should have been on there. They could have took something off, you know, um, you could have found something to take Yeah, 100%, off. but, um, I mean, can't do nothing about it that but, now. Um, I, I was happy, uh, well, I, I get your point. Uh, honestly, they should have either started it or finished it. There would have been no other, like, they should have either opened the show or finished it, so I'm with you, but I'm still cool with Seth them only because he's the champion, and it would have been like, well, if you swapped him, he's open the show, I guess it would have made a big deal. It wouldn't have made a difference. Yeah, I don't think it would have made a difference, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, Last, but certainly not least, actually, I lied. I absolutely lied, because I forgot one of my favorite talking points. What was, in your opinion, the biggest WTF moment of the night? KO missing the table a little bit. <laughs> Mine is also from that match, but it's um when uh it's Finn and uh, what's the name? Finn and Damien they're like huddled up trying to come up with a game plan. They turn around and Sammy and KO just pop up in the pellet. Uh, I mean the uh, Pittsburgh Penguin hockey uniforms. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell is this? Like, where did y'all come from? Like, I literally said WTF just because it was so random to me. And they had the hockey sticks and they were just smacking them they around. Everything, yeah. That brother had, like you said, he had a segment he had to do. And he got to get ready for his, he got to get ready for his move to SmackDown. Yeah, they said trade compensation. They didn't specifically yeah. say, now, now, now. We haven't talked about this. I forgot. Maybe I should have put this on the uh, layout, whatever. But Jay Uso, for those of you who are kind of living under a rock, is now on Raw. Um, apparently, Cody Rhodes had, quote, unquote, pulled some strings to make it happen. We all know what's about to happen. He's going to go to SmackDown to finish the story. Yeah, finish that story. But if you also, I told you about the Kurt Angle documentary I watched. Um, I also ended up watching Cody's documentary too. I'm not a Cody Rhodes fan, but I, I like Cody a little bit more. Not more than Roman. I still want Roman to beat him, but it, it's, it's literally, Roman it makes me more twice. comfortable with him becoming the next champion because it's going to happen anyway but you know yeah it's going to happen um yeah like you know like cody has to go if they send somebody else it's like what are y'all doing because you're not going to have cody win the royal rumble twice yeah no i i think how they're going to book it is he's going to end up being like it's going to be him and somebody else please don't ask me right now because i don't know and he's going to get knocked out. And then the other person's going to pick Seth. And then Cody's going to be like, well, it looks like Roman doesn't have an opponent for WrestleMania. Yeah, I believe you can go just like that. Yeah. So how, 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 how long do you think Seth's going to hold the belt to WrestleMania? We talked about this when we did predictions. Um, 
I don't see as of right now. I don't see anybody taking it from him. The only exception is maybe like Damian Priest shocking everybody and cashing in senior money in the bank briefcase, but yeah. I don't know. I, I would be gl- I would be great with Drew. Yeah, Bobby Bobby gonna stay on SmackDown. It don't make no sense for Bobby to they move. They going for the gold. They gotta get the gold. I just hope that they split the freaking titles. This one thing was gonna happen. Don't get me wrong. I would love to see the Judgment Day versus the Street Profits. That's a banger. But the thing is, I don't think either side really needs the loss right now. Agreed. So cut out the middleman. Cut out the titles. Boop. You go SmackDown. You say I'm raw. There we go. Or they can do what they did with the major titles. Just make brand new tag team titles on SmackDown. That's fine too. And then the Street Profits should be the first champs. Um. Okay. I'm sorry. What were you saying, darling? I said agreed. See, but we need just hours. We already got the. We already got to figure it out. We just got to hire us a pay. We'll write it down on paper. Come on, trips. I know. I'm. I'm much. We much cheaper than the people you hire right now. Much cheaper. I just. Much I just know it. I just know it. How much we want, Ray? How much we want? Um, let let's not say that out loud because if they wanted to offer us more, I don't want to lowball ourselves. You know what I'm saying? Right. Hey, you're right. You're right. Yep. Yeah. Hey, just know. Hey, you can find us. We ain't hard to find. Right. We're really not. All right. Uh, <laughs> last thing <laughs> on payback. How would you grade the show? Uh, I'm gonna give it. I would have gave it an A, but I'm gonna give it a B plus because um. The two, the two matches, you know, they could have been well. The one match could have been better with Rhea, and uh, you know, John Cena them match, la la la. So I'm gonna give it a B plus. Wow, you're a nice grader. I gave it a C. I always, I always grade higher than you. I gave it a C plus. Um, wow. I just as good as Becky and Trish were, as good as the tag championship match was. Seth and Shinsuke was cool. It's just everything else was just kind of a dud. Like Ray versus Austin Theory, dud. Rhea versus Raquel, dud. Um, the Miz versus LA Knight, in my opinion, a dud. And so it just felt like, and plus coming in, the car was pretty predictable. It just didn't do it for me. Like I said, the good matches were very good, but everything else just kind of brought it down for me. So, I, 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 at best, I could do a B minus, but I'm not even gonna insult you. Just, just give, take the C plus. Be better next time. Don't worry about it, WWE man. B plus, y'all did it. Like, but she is right. She, you're right. It was uh, very predictable. Besides, you know, I mean, we was only wrong about one match. So. Yeah, and I mean, not saying like. Don't get me wrong. I'm never gonna complain about losing a, about winning a pay per view. Please don't get it twisted. Either way, it would have been a tie. Either way, either I would have won or we would have won. Okay, we. Why can't it be we? Because the tiebreaker, brother. Anyway. I wanted three. I wanted three. But the thing is, we would have agreed on everything. That defeats the purpose. That defeats the purpose of a tiebreaker. Anyway, friends, yeah, it just wasn't, it didn't do it for me. Um, but let's go ahead and move on past payback, and then I'll let you go, I promise. 
What do you think is next for John Cena? Do you think it's kind of inevitable it's going to be him versus The Miz? Or what do you think they're going to do with him next? Uh, I think they're still pushing for LA Knight and Miz one more round. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for Jimmy. I'm hoping Jimmy, because John might be on SmackDown. I don't know. John is everywhere right now. Well, he might, he might pop up. Well, I don't know. But I feel like he'll probably be on SmackDown before he pops up again on Raw. I think he's only going to be on SmackDown. Or at least he's been billed for SmackDown. I don't think he cared that much to be traveling twice a week. Yeah, so I'm thinking maybe Jimmy attacks him or something. That is the only... Jimmy has to attack him, and Jimmy has to win. That is the only way that works. Um, Okay, another question that you asked me during the show, and I didn't think about it and still really haven't done much of it, but you asked me about War Games. Now with Jey Uso on Raw... Who knows? Maybe this could lead to a whole nother installment of the Judgment Day versus Sammy and KO, something I, I don't want to see. So let's That's go ahead and... That's not. I, I, I got it. I I got, it. You got it. I, I, I believe you. It. So let's go ahead and put on our... Bring out the crystal balls. We about to tell the future. I can tell the future. I, I, we about to tell the future. Let's go ahead and predict. I'm sure there'll be a women's war games match but we're not there right now let's focus on the men what do you think the men's war game match is going to end up being alright so question real quick before I, before I say all this mm-hmm. can somebody on Raw beat teams with somebody on Smackdown in the war games match I feel as though that's happened before yeah that's fine alright okay we, we, we in here now alright so Judgment Day is the biggest um, faction right now so they're going to be in there you're going to get it's five members, so Damian Priest, Dirty Dom, Finn Balor. Oh, you put it all of them in there. You're not going to split up the women's? No, no, no. Real's not going to be in there. Uh, okay, so then it's only yeah, four. JD. JD, Finn, Damian, yeah, and uh, Dom. Yeah, get to it. I'm, so, you, I'm sorry. Get to it, ma'am. You said it was five uh, members, so I was just I confused. Feel like, I feel like because uh, uh, they, want, they want Jay to join, but Jay is not going to join them. So I'm thinking maybe Jimmy creeps in on their side. To get to his brother to start building towards WrestleMania, so I'm gonna put Jimmy in there. Okay. Then it's the five. Then you're gonna have Jay on the other side with Street Profits and Bobby Lashley. Because I feel like the Street Profits are gonna feud for them tag team titles sooner or later. Wait. Now, the- so, well, I guess technically they are kind of faces. Okay, never mind. Ignore me. Ignore me. I mean, I, think, I feel like they played, I think they were supposed to be heels, but people cheered them all day long. I mean, they still, the Street Profits and, like, Montez are still doing, like, that goofy stuff, like, where they're pandering to the crowd. Yeah, people keep cheering Bobby. They keep cheering Bobby. So. Yeah, so I don't, and I mean, they're still, like I said, they're still cheering the Street Profits. So, I don't know. I, I feel like if they were going full heel, they would have changed their entrance and not be as, like, interactive with the fans and everything. So. Agree. I agree. But at the same time, you, you have a point because they cheated. To help them win, and I feel like they're about to have a few with the brawling boots. But who knows? You know, this is this is just predicting the future. I'm not saying this is the future. Uh-huh. You know, stuff can happen. This is like and two months so, in advance. We got time. Yeah, we got time. So what I say? I said so. Jay, Street Profits, Bobby Lashley. Mm-hmm. Now, who will be the last person? Uh, maybe, uh, maybe Sammy. Maybe, no, not Sammy. I was gonna say Seth Rollins just to get a champion in there, cause they always you kind of want a champion in there, cause he's kind of still gonna be feuding, because you can always put something with the money in the bank, see your money in the bank, so you could get Seth in there. So it'd be Seth, the Street Profits, Jay and Bobby, versus 
the Judgment Day and Jimmy Uso. Okay. That'd be interessante. I I agree with you on the the uh what's it called the Judgment Day front. Yes, they have to be in it. Yeah, I mean, you don't I don't think there's another quartet that you have or at least a faction that big that could that could make that work. So I'm a, I'm agree with you on Judgment Day. I mean, I could definitely see Jimmy and Jay. I could see that cuz I mean, I don't think they're going to have a one-on-one match before either Rumble or WrestleMania. And I could see they should them keep it the WrestleMania. They should try to keep it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Especially with them being on separate brands. Yep. So yeah, I feel you on Judgment Day. I'm a, I'm a rock with your four. I'm going to, you know, there, there's another few that the Judgment Day had gotten into. I don't know if you remember, uh, but it was with this this guy. I don't know if you've heard of him, but his name is Ray Mysterio. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. I'm liking where you're going. And. Rey Mysterio currently has a faction of his own. Okay. And so I could see them doing something along the lines of now this is the that's now we get into the hard part, right? I can see Rey, uh Santos, Joaquin, and uh Del Toro. I could see them coming in. Now, if they go that route. It's interesting because in that case, this is when I kind of wish they would do intergender matches, but I don't think they're going to let that slide, even though they probably should, because you could just throw in Zelina and Rhea, boom, there you go. But they wouldn't be able to do anything with anybody else, so it's kind of like... Well, Rhea could. You could see Rhea doing stuff. Let me say this. Rhea would be putting her hands on men, but... They would not be putting their hands back on her unless it's Randy Orton in that match. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I would love to see her take an RKO, by the way. You I know, but, uh, love her. Make the right. It wouldn't be the first time. We didn't see Selena attack guys, too. So, but this that's her old NXT days when she would slap people in the face when she was with uh, yeah, Enzo Dottie. At the same time, like you said, nobody's going to attack them. Yeah, they can't do nothing. And so that's the, that's the thing that has me hemmed up. Because I have the four and four. And so, they haven't done enough with the LWO. I feel like you want heavy, not heavy hitters, but you want some nice factions. A hundred percent. And so, and it's like they haven't built up the hill. They they haven't. But again, I feel like I don't think we've seen the last of Dom and Ray. We have not, especially since um, they both are the champions. I feel like they're gonna meet again. I think they're going to meet again. And because I, I still feel like Dom is going to retire Ray. Yeah, if he should, I think he should. Honestly, he, he could have did that at WrestleMania, and I think everybody would have been like, yeah, that makes sense. Um, I, I thought he was. I really thought he was, but he did uh, Me too. Um, but, yeah, with that being said, I'm going to go. Yeah, so. I, feel, I totally understand about the LWL, but I just feel like it's not finished yet. And it's like they already have four bodies that can be used. And so, and this isn't to say that they can't start booking the LWL stronger over the next couple of months if they so desire. But then it comes down to those last couple of spots. So I'm going to say LA Knight joining the faces. 
And then by that time, I could see LA feuding with, hmm. I'm trying to think. Like, cause I'm trying to think of a feud that makes makes sense. Cause part of me kind of wants to throw the Gunther in there, but nah. Especially cause is he, LA not on SmackDown or Raw? I know he was drafted to SmackDown, but he, you know, I don't know if he's gonna be one of those guys who's like for certain feuds he's gonna do both. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I feel like he is. I feel like he is, but. Just for the sake of conversation, like he's, he's smacked down. For the sake of conversation, okay, bet, bet, bet. I am, oh, this is obvious. My bad. I'm going to say Austin Theory. I think they're going to throw Austin Theory a bone because, one, Austin Theory needs something new to do. And obviously I'm not saying he's going to join the Judgment Day, but I think that he needs something to just kind of, he needs something to get the blood pumping, to make you actually hate the Austin Theory, because nobody hates Austin Theory. They're bored with Austin Theory. Like, he doesn't really do anything. He's just that stereotypical, obnoxious heel. And I feel like potentially doing a feud with LA Knight could kind of boost him back up, because one, you're going up against somebody that everybody loves. Two, we've seen what he can do like, not in this United States Championship run, but we can see him, we've seen him be an absolute nuisance, and he's not terrible on the mic. And so I think with the opportunity to kind of get better and get more time, and going against somebody like LA Knight who's going to force you to step your game up on the mic, I can see him ending up feuding with LA Knight within the next couple of months. So that would be my War Games match. But I'm not going to front. I like yours better. And... We'll see how it happens. It came out of nowhere. I was like yours better. I think it's I think it'd be a lot of fun. I just I, I just don't know. Honestly, Judgment Day is the only definite, but after that, who's to say what like you said, if they split up the titles, who cares? Why why would Bobby and Montez and Angelo have any smoke with the Judgment Day? And that's why I'm saying maybe that will happen before they split the titles. I chose that. I feel like maybe they could put something where, I don't know, I'm just talking, but um, Judgment Day keep it for, you know, like two more months or whatever. And they must have them so they want the belts back on SmackDown or whatever. Something. And they'd be like, you know, okay, you haven't earned it. We do a War Games match. If y'all win, you earned yourself a tag team title match. And you know, and then they just they give they give us Bobby and Montez them something to do because they haven't really done anything. Right. Everybody likes them, but I feel like even them, them he don't know what to do with them yet. That's why I'm hoping they do something with the Brawling Boots so they'll be very entertaining, and they should win. But um, I like yours with LWO. It'll make it a whole lot simpler because you already got four people, four people there, four people on Judgment Day. It's just they gotta start building up the LWO. Hundred percent. Because if they just randomly do it. I'm not saying it's not going to be a good match. It's probably going to be a great match. It's just like, nobody is that know behind Judgment LWO for real. You know Judgment Day is going to win because and I'm really talking about the other two because uh, the other two. I know who you mean. Del Toro and Joaquin. Yeah. Yeah. You do. You do. Like they, they don't just have a match and it got squashed. Exactly. So they have to like go through a rebrand. And I just feel like 
WWE don't really know like who they even who to put them up against to start beating. That's another question. So I feel like even even right now, let's say if we get to war games, Bobby and the street probably still haven't done a memorable. If you you would still believe they could win in that war games match one because it's the street profits and two you got freaking Bobby Lashley and you know he's gonna be tearing everybody up. Him and him and Damian Priest, because they're the muscles. So them two are going to be doing that. Which they last time I seen them go against each other was when Damian Priest was the United States champion, and Bobby was WWE so champion. So you you, you can easily throw Bobby them in there and just make something interesting, get them something to do. They say they're going for the titles. You really don't know what title. I mean, you would assume Bobby was. I assume LA Knight is going to be United States champion sooner or later. Uh, Bobby. He wanted to go for world championship gold, but you know he's not about to win it. He's not about to beat Roman, sadly. And, he, and Cody's next in line. He's not going to be beating Cody when Cody gets the belt. They probably going to let Cody hold it for a while, as they should, since they're going to make his way to hold another year for him to finish the story. Um, but I just feel like they would be the best ones. They'd, it'd be a great banger match, and then they can lead until the street prospects getting some gold. Yeah. I say you throw Seth in there. Because you wanted, like, last year they had Roman in there, the world champion. You, you just put Seth in there, too, to be a world champion. We well, that was kind of different because, I mean, he literally had smoke with everybody on the other side. Agree. You know, I'm not disagreeing with that, but Judgment Day pretty much got smoke with everybody. Seth's not, I'm, Seth doesn't mind beating up the Judgment Day, believe it. He, he don't like Judgment Day. I mean. You still got Mr. Money in the Bank over there, which can come and hit your reign anytime. I mean, so, the thing is, though, why you got smoke? Why you why you mad at me about that? Because I won the match? Because I did what I was supposed to do? Yeah, hmm? but at the same time, you know, he might want to go ahead and get a shot. Be like, yeah, Bobby, I'll help you beat him up. Just to send your money in the bank over here to think he got me, but he don't. So, you know, you can easily write that in there. It would just be interesting. Series, so, Roman's going to be on Survivor Series, I would assume. So, now you got a... Uh, Seth them the war games match in there. They might start it or whatever. I don't know. You, you know you're going to have Roman at the end of the match. End of the, Because uh, um, Roman not going to be the end it. And you can put, you know, but Roman, whoever he's feeding with at that time, which I can have no idea. A low key, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. I kind of wish the bloodline hadn't broken up because then my pick would have been the bloodline and somebody else against AJ Styles in the OC. Yeah, but even then, you would have known, you know, Bloodline's still going to win. I mean, they don't, they don't, so? They don't build the OC to be nothing great, you know? I disagree, because, so, again, you can build up Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. And plus, AJ yeah, Styles yeah, adds NWO. legitimacy to that team. Yeah, quicker than you can build up NWO, I give you that. But I would still go in knowing Blood. I would go in thinking 95% that Bloodline was going to win. I mean, I thought yeah. they were going to win last year. Who really thought they were gonna lose uh, that match? I, I, I thought I thought um, KO was gonna because uh, they was getting ready when uh, KO was gonna challenge for the belt. So I actually thought KO was probably gonna pin somebody. Really? He deserved a yes, I did. I thought he was probably gonna prove. Uh, yeah, I deserve a title shot now because he had just returned. I I'm gonna call cap so on I that. Like, I I don't think you actually believe that. And I'm going to tell you why I don't think you believe that. Because the biggest story coming into that match was him trying to get Sami Zayn out of the bloodline. Was trying to get him to see that the bloodline was full of crap. And so, I, 
don't believe that you thought they were his team was gonna win well, that match. Did, did we even do a podcast? Like, was I on it? I know you did. I would assume I, so. I, 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 I can look it up. I, Kevin Owens I don't believe you did. I, I bet I did. I don't believe you did. Let's see. How I, I said I did. I don't think you did. But while you you keep talking while I look for this because this was back in I, November. I ain't gonna tell me what I picked. <laughs> Cause I write down all the picks, fool. Oh, that's all I'm saying is I hope they do. I hope they. I like your idea, but they have to build up the LWO. hundred percent. Who you build them up against? I really just don't know it right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Bobby them will just be easier in my opinion. You can get Bobby, Jay on their side. Jimmy wants a piece of Jay. So unfortunately you were not doing predictions with me Sad But I don't believe that you thought that Cause it was the brawling brutes Drew McIntyre and Kevin Owens Yes I know who was on the team. I watched the match. You don't. You didn't know. Let's be honest, because I didn't remember who else. No, no, no. Because I'm be real with you. I didn't remember who else was on Kevin's team besides Kevin Owens. So I know you did it. No, I promise you, I remember who was all on that team. I remember that match. I'm. I remember the match too. But I'm saying the biggest story of that match was was Sami Zayn going to prove his allegiance to the bloodline. Exactly, and I was gonna. I was assuming maybe Sammy would have been able to help, but he didn't because he didn't want to hurt his friend. And Kevin mm. Owens would have got the pin on one of them. That, that's what I was winning mm. because I knew I knew the plan was Kevin Owens to go against Roman. What was that at Royal, Royal Rumble? Mm-hmm. So I was like, there's only one way for Kevin Owens to prove himself. He he just came back. Mm. They didn't know he was gonna be on the team, and I remember him during that time. Mm. It was rumored out that he was injured and he wasn't gonna be able to be in the match, mm. but then he showed up. So I was like, oh, he's back, surprise return, because we all thought he was injured. Mm. He can help get them to win. That's what I thought. Okay, Embryo. I cannot confirm nor deny because it's not caught on tape or written down. So we may never know. But what you want to know what I know? Nope. That it was a pleasure to have you on here. It's always a blast (laughs) and a half to get to speak with you. And I know you was trying to be shady, but it's all good. I'm going to let that ride. Um, What you mean? Thank you for being on here. It's so fun getting to talk pay-per-views with you. I wish you'd come me to fast lane, but I get it. Life happens. Anything you want to say before we get well, up I mean, out of here? We could do what WWE do. Just say I'm gonna be there at fast lane, but then I'm gonna be there at better satellite. I'm not a liar. Um. So, <laughs> Embryo, anything you want to say before we get out of here? Um. Uh. Yeah. I just hope everybody's safe. I know it's tough out here. Just keep on pushing. I'm rooting for you. Okay, cheerleader. Um, so the plan. Wow. <laughs> so the we are currently recording this on a Tuesday. The main show is expected to be recorded on a Sunday. 
I might edit this all out, but who knows. The plan is to have this a part of the main show. So if that is the case, that means you would have heard me and uh, Ethan talk NFL. Because, baby, the football season is back. We would have already seen the Chiefs versus uh, the Lions on Thursday. Got our predictions, all that good jazz. So stick with us during the football season. It's a blast and a half. Um, So obviously, with that being said, go Ravens. That's the squad. Go Tigers. Get on the train. Get Even on the though, okay. Anyway, um, go Tigers. Even though y'all hurt me this past weekend, but I'm gonna let it ride. Go Tigers. Go. Shout out to Memphis. Um, and then like Embryo said, you know, show the Saints some love. I told you my prediction about the Saints. I told the listeners my prediction about the Saints a couple of weeks ago. So we'll see if it comes true. It comes true. All right. Thank y'all so much for listening, and we will see you all next time.